Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions Steve Dash, Rinko Levers. All right, thank you. Thank you. I'm sure the four of you are clapping for me, Steve Olivas, and uh, the few of you that are sitting with your arms folded and a stern look on your face, you were here and expected something better than my co-host, James the Exploding Unicorn Breakwell. <laughs> hey, James, how are you doing? I, you know what? I don't think they are crossing their arms. There's no way people with standards would listen to this show. No way. <laughs> the crowd is just already tuned out. I'm not sure anyone does listen to this show. Does your mom still comment on it? She does. She told me the other day, she asked me, she's like, she said, so when did you win that mustache contest? That was something you said to me as a nice thing, like, months ago. I was like, no, no, no. Anything that we say that's nice about each other is made up, because we hate each other. <laughs> like, oh, now it makes sense. And then she said, who is that nice boy that you're talking to so badly? That Steve Olivas. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, she thinks I, she thinks you're some sort of monster like Bigfoot. I don't I don't know if anybody believes you're real. All right, we'll get her on the horn one of these days. We'll have her on the show. We'll figure this out. Well, James Breakwell, the exploding unicorn, and I we do this show every week, and uh, God knows why. I don't know what you get out of this, but for me, it's becoming <laughs> just a labor of. Uh, it's not even love anymore. It's just toil. <laughs> It's uh, time intensive and pays us zero dollars a week. <laughs> that is social media in a nutshell. <laughs> don't do it if it doesn't make you money or make you happy. And yet, uh, here we are. I, I don't get it. But uh, we do the show every week, Wrong and Wronger, and James and I debate a topic that most people secretly harbor inner feelings about. It's that unrequited crush that you have in high school. You have an opinion on all this stuff, even though you rarely mention it to anybody else. And this week, what are we going to be debating this week, James? We have a doozy this week. I mean, people people better, I you know, I hope nobody is listening with heart conditions or... Uh... <laughs> Maybe it's any conditions, like it's with working ears. I mean, this this is a tough one. Alopecia. Peanut M and M's yeah. versus regular M and M's. Which which is better? What Pe should you eat? Ooh, peanut M and M's versus regular M and M's. There is a there is a correct answer to this puzzle, and. Uh, I'm not sure that there's a side that you can take out uh, against mine that would even be that that anybody would agree with. Well, you I know, stumbled over my own lips on that week, one. You, you end up to be, you, somehow, and it, it's incredible, it's a superpower, you end up being wrong no matter which side you were given. It just, even when you, you all the odds are stacked in your favor, when all of logic and reality and truth is on your side, and just, it, when it comes out of your mouth, nobody believes it. You know, so, you, so props to you. <laughs> I mean, you're, a, there's a lot of people nodding along with you, but they usually have eyes that are slightly crossed from staring at the sun a lot. And then the people <laughs> that nod along with me are the scientific community that uh, they gather around. They're wearing bow ties and they're dressed well. They, they wore deodorant today. <laughs> I, I'm going to go on record and say there's two things that have never happened. No one in a bow tie has ever listened to this show and no scientist has ever under any circumstances listen to this show. Not for one second. Uh, well, well, so plain versus peanut M&Ms, and before we launch into it, we always we grease the skids a bit. We prime the pump by saying something kind and gentle and warm about each other, and uh, this is always my favorite part, watching you squirm. <laughs> it's so hard to think of nice things about you. 
I mean, I said last week I, I went through your Wikipedia page and I, I pulled up a really nice thing about you, but I, I'm kind of exhausted. So this time I had to, <laughs> I had to email your kids. I got it's just like, come on, guys, give me something. There's got to be something redeeming about you. And they, and they said there wasn't. Oh, but I made them go back and dig some more. And they came back and they said that you have a very respectable potato collection. You a collect potato. t- potatoes. Yeah. That look like things. Why don't, you, why don't you tell people about that? Yeah, no, I started when I was just a kid when the Mother Teresa Cinnabon was such a big deal. And I thought, I got potatoes that look like all kinds of things. I, I There's a potato that looks a little bit like the Grimace from uh, the Ronald McDonald days. Uh, there's a potato that looks like the aforementioned. I know last week I brought up me being the tail end of Snuffleupagus. That there was, if you put ears and a trunk on it, it was a dead ringer. Uh, there was a potato, and you're going to have to sit down for this one That's that looked like a potato. And that doesn't Whoa, happen very... I was going to ask you if you had one of those. Yeah, no, I've got that one in glass. Like, uh, no one's going to touch that one. There's a spotlight on it, and uh, the people from Guinness showed up and took some photographs for one of their upcoming editions. How do you how do you keep it like you know, pristine? Because yeah. I mean, it's kind of like 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 is it like Lenin's corpse where it's like has a team of scientists preserving it so it doesn't decay and get those weird eye things growing? Well, it was how vacuum it sealed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because you're, you're a professional potato guy. I see. Well, I didn't used to be, but like with you and pigs, you you sort of grow into the role over time. <laughs> So that is me, and I appreciate you bringing that up because there aren't many people who are aficionados. I'm more of a rock tour, actually, more of a rock than a connoisseur of potato art. And uh, I do have my collection, and it's very important to me. And uh, speaking of important and science, James Breakwell is no stranger to the scientific community because. <laughs> He developed a flux capacitor, and he actually perfected it not too long ago, except he's got those 27 kids running around, and one of them broke the thing before he could go back in time to May of 2017 and unmeet Steve Olivas. That would have made both of our lives a whole lot easier. (laughs) You know, I actually, I went to the hotel where we met in person for the first time. I went there for a book signing event, and I thought, you know what, I I should message Steve. And tell him that I'm at our spot. I thought, <laughs> we have no, a spot. Those memories are too painful. I cannot bring this up again. <laughs> this is a meeting that should have never happened, and the world would have been spared so many mediocre podcasts. You know, <laughs> this is like, and I, oh, I, we met, and I pitched the podcast, and I was like, we should do this someday. Not right now. Absolutely <laughs> not right now. I don't have time. But someday, let's do this. And like a week later, you're like, so are we doing this or what? I, wh- and then we just started. What? Just like that. It was, just, it was a very high-pressure situation. <laughs> I, I don't remember it exactly that way, but I got to admit, I was a little drunk, and I saw you coming across that smoke-filled room, and <laughs> I, was just filled, I was just filled with wonder that day. My wife had more questions than answers than when I told her I was going to go meet a guy from Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> You know, your tweet the next day was, I met this guy from Twitter and I didn't get murdered. That was your exact tweet. I was very proud of that. I felt that was the takeaway. (laughs) You were the first person from Twitter I met and the first person from Twitter who didn't murder me. Those are two good firsts to have at the same time. There is a lot of role that I've got to fill here, and I'm not sure I want to lead up to both of them. (laughs) Are you you still going to kill me after all this time? Are you playing the long game? I'm a little disappointed, I have to say. I'm going to lure you into my spider's web first. And then just when you're comfortable and you least expect it, that's when lightning will strike and disaster will hit the Breakwell household. 
it's all right. My guard is already up because I heard about the potato thing, and now I think you're weird again. So I'm never, <laughs> never going to take you for granted again. You're going to be hermetically sealed in a vault right next to my prize potato. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's where the last of our listeners just signed up. <laughs> Not listening to Potato Guy anymore. All well, right. Now that we're alone, I guess we can talk about whatever we want. We still yes, do well, hey, listen. We have choices again today. I have the Guam Quarter of Fate to flip to determine peanut or plain M&Ms for you. But I also have a Canadian dollar that my wife gave me uh, out of spite. Out of spite? Who gives a, who gives a Canadian quarter out of spite? But, I don't understand. No, it's a Canadian dollar because she lost a dollar bet to me and she was so irritated. She paid me in Canadian money, which I think is about as passive aggressive as you can get. But I so... Well, two two things. Again, I'm going to derail this because I have so many questions all of a sudden. But one, <laughs> why does she have Canadian money sitting around? And two, did you check the exchange rate to make sure you got $1 American? No, I got like 71 cents American. Whoa, whoa. That's uh, yeah. Is that like a gender equality thing there? Like, you know, the 71 cents on the dollar <laughs> bit? Is, this, <laughs> is she getting her revenge? No, it's a little middle finger in the form of a coin. That's what it is. You need to specify all your bets in U.S. currency in the future. I know, uh, I know. That's gambling 101. That has been pointed out to me, and that was a rookie mistake on my part. So which shall we flip, the loony? We are going to do the Guam quarter of fate because this is America, and Guam is a U.S. territory. Yes, thank you, James Breakwell. I actually feel like we bonded over that, and (laughs) it's sort of sticky now. I don't like it. All right, here we go. Just ignore that. Just keep going, please. <laughs> it landed on Gu- Guam is looking at me. You got tails, so I don't remember which one that we is. We didn't declare. Steve, you didn't. We didn't. Oh, you screwed up the to- coin toss. How could I so screw up a coin, coin toss? How a coin toss works is you declare conditions. Heads means this. Tails means that. Then you flip. You don't just flip <laughs> without associated meaning. It's tails. That so means... You need to pick up the coin again oh. or declare this. this. So if it's heads, I will argue for regular M&Ms. And if it's tails, I will argue for peanut M&Ms. All right. If you don't get tails again, this is a gross miscarriage of justice that I have to reflip. With anything. You can't flip without conditions. That's that's a gross miscarriage of coin flipping. You're as bad at flipping as you are at gambling. <laughs> I, I don't know what that means. Here we go. All right. Oh, for Christ's sake. It's heads. It's heads. That's great. You know what? I'm glad it's heads, because that's what I want it to be in the first place. Then you start off. For once you lead with your terrible arguments, you can just defeat yourself in the first two minutes here. Peanut M&Ms, and this is funny that we're talking about it today, because I just saw on the Food Network yesterday, they were explaining why Reese's Peanut Butter Cups works better than chocolate mixed in with peanut butter. That uh, chocolatey peanut butter never sold, but the peanut butter cups did, because there's a texture differential that makes your brain unlock some more flavor and that uh, your brain registers that as yummier if there's a little bit of a texture difference and so peanut m&ms not only give you two distinct flavors for your brain and tongue to enjoy but it gives you a little bit of a crunch in the middle of that creamy chocolate that allows your brain to be shot into a state of euphoria that's why peanut is the best let me tell you what peanut m&ms are they are a cold and callous attempt to hide health food in our candy (laughs) What's I mean, they might as well have chocolate-covered broccoli out there. What do they think they're doing? I don't. 
I don't go and eat my peanut or, you know, eat my M&Ms to get a legume mixed in there. And yes, it's not a nut. It's a legume. I think I'm saying that right. Maybe not. Doesn't matter. This is wrong and wronger. So <laughs> the point is, I eat an M&M for chalk. I say, mm, I'm in the mood for chocolate. I not, mm, I'm in the mood for something somebody dug out of the dirt. It doesn't even make sense. Why would you put dug it in there? Wow. I feel like somebody was like snacking at the peanut plant and accidentally spilled this pack of peanuts in there. And he's like, well, darn. We're just going to pretend I did that on purpose and call it a product. And then people like you were gullible enough to eat it. But why would you do that? Not only that, but there are very few foods that like actively kill people. But like <laughs> peanuts is one of them. The peanut allergy is everywhere. At my kids' daycare, at their school, there's signs up everywhere that you can't have a peanut within a thousand feet of this building. And you just want to go and shove them in everybody's favorite candy? That's insane. You might as well be putting razor blades in there. I mean, think of the children, Steve. Think of the children. I march to the beat of my own drummer. Actually, I don't march a lot because I'm largely sedentary in life. And that is why, if you've ever looked at me, you can tell that I'm the kind of guy that if you can sneak a little health food into the equation, I'm all in. Because if I'm going to take in my legumen, I don't even know what you just said, but I'm going to take it in the form of chocolate coated. And yeah, if you want to coat broccoli in chocolate, I might lick the chocolate off the top of it and set sure, it back sure. down. You're not making a good argument for yourself. <laughs> it's just, the what, what would you not eat if it was covered in chocolate? Let's start there. How long is the list of things you would not eat if they hmm. were covered in chocolate? All uh, different species poop is probably on that list, and I'm <laughs> that's the line. I'm poop. not sure there's anything You're else. Peanut M and M's are one degree better than poop. I'm sure. I'm sure the M M&M and M company will put that in their next ad campaign. <laughs> Steve Olivas, one step removed from chocolate poop. Well, by your logic, chocolate covered cherries would be one step removed from poop, and those are the food of the gods. Those are I ambrosia. It was one step removed from poop. You're over here comparing poop. What is on your no eat list for chocolate? Come on. I just said. Poop, and so everything covered with chocolate, according to you, is one step above poop. Give me something that's not covered, that's not poop, that you would not eat covered in chocolate. Oh, oh, God, this is where you're going. What? I'm just, I'm just showing to show that you just, you, you eat garbage food. That just anything covered in chocolate, you'll swallow, and it doesn't mean that it's a good candy. I don't it know. means you have low standards and no taste buds. Pork that's chops are I'm probably on this. that list. Chocolate covered pork chops, probably not at the top, but not poop. There's, okay, there's, you, they're shading toward the poop end of the continuum. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is why we will never have any sponsorship from a company. This is any hope of that is out the window, which is okay because only half their products are delicious. The half without peanuts. No, peanuts add something to the equation. Chocolate gets monotonous. You need a little variation in oh, your diet. There is no oh, species on earth that chocolate. can live on one thing over and over again. Man cannot live on chocolate alone. I bet you I could live on regular M&Ms alone. <laughs> I could do it. Challenge me to it. You put up the money, and I will eat only M&Ms for the next month. I'll do it. I am up for this challenge to prove you wrong and to enjoy delicious M&Ms. I have... One Canadian dollar right here. <laughs> I can't even get a single pack for 70 cents. You know how pricey M&Ms are hey, these days? Hey, it's 71 cents, buster. <laughs> and they have to be expensive because they have to subsidize the peanut M&Ms that don't sell. Oh, peanut So they've got to jack up the price of all the M&Ms because if they're lucky enough to sell anything, they got they got all this dead weight in the loss column over here. I Who would... buys peanut M&Ms? I mean, if you look at the sales numbers, peanut M&Ms are a fraction of overall M&M sales. Because M&M's are delicious and wholesome, and peanut M&M's are just the leftovers for old people who can't eat their legumes straight. 
You know, when I was in seventh grade, we had to sell M&Ms as a fundraiser for something in our school. And uh, so I had an equal number of boxes of peanut and plain M&Ms, and I was left with a case of plain M&Ms that I could not move at the end of it. People like peanut better. And I remember taking that case, and I had to pony up for them because I bought them ahead of time. And I would uh, take the M&Ms and suck the coating off of them and spit the chocolate out because it was too much. It was acne oh in a God, box. You spit out chocolate. So your story started out unbelievable and just went, just went into the absurd. <laughs> you, a child. I don't want this chocolate. Let me spit it in the dirt after I suck off the tasteless coating. What, why would you do that? 12-year-old Steve had standards. You know, and as we know, 12-year-old Steve probably didn't have any teeth left either after last week. So well, I just, uh, I don't I don't follow. <laughs> now, let me tell you something. Oh, I can go goes. anecdote for anecdote on you with this because I, right. too, sold M&Ms okay. when I was in probably kindergarten or first grade. In Thursday of last week. All right. <laughs> it was it was very recently. Yeah. And, um... My, my parents, my, my dad went to college later in life. He went in with two kids and came out with four. Not not the best way to go to college. I don't recommend <laughs> Wow, I didn't take so that we were, class. So we were okay. living in the married student housing, and there was not a lot of money in our household. So when this fundraiser came around, like, we were going to win all the prizes. Like, this was going to be as close <laughs> to Christmas as you could get. So we were going to sell all the M&Ms. But we were in the married student housing complex, so there were a thousand other people around. <laughs> Who could afford 50 cents for M&M's and who would not turn down food while they were studying. Exactly like When right. I think about this story, my knuckles still hurt from pounding on all those metal doors. It was, it was torture. But let me tell you something. I sold an ungodly number of M&M's. I got a super soaker out of the deal. Nice. Which is like as advanced technology could get in, what, 1991 or 1992, whatever year it was. But uh, let me tell you something. The M&M's that sold yeah. were the regular M&M's because no. college-educated people know better. They're not fooled by a peanut. They're like, no, I'm paying you for chocolate, not chocolate-covering garbage. And that has hence, hence been known as the Breakwell Powerball, that super soaker. <laughs> <laughs> that thing, you know what? I think my parents might still have that thing in their garage. It was <laughs> I want a fishing pole. I think I got a, I got a whole bunch of stuff, man. Like they never at this Cub Scout thing, they never fathomed that somebody would possibly knock on that number of doors, and they vastly, vastly underestimated my parents. Vastly underestimated your want for a super soaker. Oh, clearly, yeah. I would, I would, I would pay you full price for a super soaker not to knock on those doors. If I could go back on time and undo one part of my childhood, oh, it was not only it was Iowa too. It was northeastern Iowa. And it was cold. It was cold in those metal doors. And let me tell you something. Oh, yeah, oh, I'm, having, I'm having trauma flashbacks. Oh. It all comes back to, pe to the peanut M and M's being terrible. Like if, if I could have just thrown the peanut M and M's away and just stuck with the regular M and M's, my load would have been lighter. We would have been done selling them sooner, and I wouldn't have peanut nightmares anymore. So yeah. You know, this is one of those very easy Twitter polls that you can pop up and just run it for an hour, and I will bet you a dollar, an American dollar, that Peanut American will win. Dollar. An American dollar that Peanut will win over Plain. It will not, but you violated a core tenant of our podcast. You what? can't use empirical evidence. You can't do that. How dare you try to admit factual evidence to the, even though your factual evidence would be a lie, you can't just bring that oh. in. Like, let me go cite a source and, you know, bring an expert on the show <laughs> next week. Is that where we're going? No. You gotta draw the line. The draw, is, the line is facts. There will be no facts. There will be Dr. no polls. Mortimer M&M's is going to be here. <laughs> you know Maybe what? Those, 
I'm filled Those with M&M shame. People in the commercials, man. I bet. I bet you they'd admit it. I, I guarantee you, if they were, if they, if they could be on the show, they would admit that that peanut is garbage enough. Well, I, I got to admit, this whole show is going into the trash can, and we got to get out of here. <laughs> this is sliding. Oh. Ah, oh, you've brought me back those fifty cent boxes of M and M's, though. Same with me in uh, nineteen seventy seven. But all Dude, right, that's wicked inflation. There are fifty cents for you and fifty cents for me. Twenty years in between. I would imagine the volume changed markedly between <laughs> those two I was eras. Selling like four M and M's in that box. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us what you think. Get in touch with us on social media. Breakwell's on Twitter and Facebook. He is the exploding unicorn. Just type at and the letter X, and he will populate in your Twitter, and look for him on Facebook. Like his page, Exploding Unicorn, and buy his book. At least do something nice for this guy whose miserable life doesn't include peanuts. <laughs> Get in touch with me. I'm at Steve Olivas, O-L-I-V-A-S, and uh, tell me exactly how much Breakwell is wrong. Not just that I'm right because I already know that, but let's shame him a little bit more on social media. We're going to come back next week and give you an opportunity to listen to all of this golden goodness one more time, and what is it we're going to be discussing next time we sit down James. Nobody knows. There's a reason. If we knew what we were going to talk about, neither one of us could get out of that. That's <laughs> right. Too much. Do you think we'd still show up? I don't think so. <laughs> Absolutely not. All right. Until next week, this is Steve Olivas for James the Exploding Unicorn Breakwell saying, have a good week, everybody, and thank you for listening. <laughs>